Where in hell are they? Calm down. They said noon. It's 12.02. Do you think something's happened to them? No, I don't. Well, how am I supposed to know that? Sirius was irate, excited, practically hitting the walls. 12.03. You tell time extremely well. Have I ever told you that? Oh, shut it, Mooney. No, actually, this gives me a moment to discuss something with you. I suppose it could wait another two weeks, but no, tell me now. Remus smiled. It was so easy to distract Sirius when he was like this. I just wanted to make sure we were clear on what I'll be doing every month, he said calmly. I'll apparate to Badnock every morning leading up to the full moon for the wolfsbane. I'll stay the night at the apothecary's habitat there for the actual transformation, and I'll be back the following morning. Sirius had stopped pacing and his face had fallen. I wish you didn't have to do that. If I felt comfortable making that potion, then you'd do it, I know. They'd been over and over this. It was an incredibly complex recipe that neither of them felt perfectly at ease with. So Remus simply preferred to go elsewhere for a proper wolfsbane potion if he could, and do his transforming quietly, without any risk of violence to himself or others. But Sirius still felt guilty that he wasn't more an expert at the process. Remus, however, ignored the guilt completely. I just don't want the transformation to be an issue, not with us, and not with our house guests. He smiled slightly. So, if they ask, We'll just tell them that I'll be gone for 24 hours, once a month. It's quite simple. And if they don't ask, then, Sirius, I'd just rather we didn't bring it up. Sirius looked at him intently for a moment, and then nodded. Fair enough. And then, as if they hadn't even had the conversation, he checked his watch, glanced at the flu, and yelled, Twelve oh bloody six! Do they not know how to use flu powder? Should I go on over to Hogwarts and see if... He got no further. There was a flash of green flame, a blast of air, and the thud of a large trunk. Ow! Crookshanks! Hermione Granger stood in the large fireplace, clasping a large ginger cat close to her body with both arms. Crookshanks had obviously taken very badly to traveling by flu powder. Hermione was struggling to pull her robes free from the cat's sharp claws. When Crookshanks finally leapt from her arms, she looked up, beamed, and walked straight toward Remus and Sirius, who were standing in the center of the room, beaming back. I don't know whom to hug first, she laughed, looking from one to the other and clapping her hands together happily. She didn't have to choose. Sirius was so overexcited by that time that he grabbed her up and squeezed her tightly, making her gasp over his shoulder at Remus. He grinned at her. Hello, Hermione. Hermione, it's wonderful to see you, Sirius bellowed, letting her loose. What on earth took you so long? Hermione looked immediately chastised as she moved to embrace Remus. Long? she inquired anxiously. Are we very late? Oh, I'm sorry to worry you. I told Harry, but we didn't want him to feel hurried. Sirius stepped back and frowned. No, no, good, of course not. So tell me, how is Harry? How have you all been? Remus shook his head. Sirius, he's going to be here any second. Hermione, could you step aside for a moment, please? He raised his wand. 
will want to get your trunk out of the fireplace before it was too late. There was another swirl of green flame, a great crash, and a deep voice yelling, Blimey! Ron Weasley was wedged behind Hermione's trunk. His own had fallen sideways on top of hers, blocking him from view. All that was visible was a shock of red hair and a long arm groping out from the side, holding an owl cage. Within it, Pigwidgeon was swinging from side to side and hooting happily. Quickly, Remus magicked both trunks out of the way, revealing Ron cramped back against the bricks. Hermione, he gasped, dropping Pig's cage to the floor unceremoniously and stepping forward. Could you take a little longer about your trunk next time, please? I wouldn't want to rush you or anything. Hey, Sirius. Hey, Professor Lupin. Remus, Ron. I know, I know, but I can't help it. It still sounds funny to me. He shook Sirius's hand firmly, and then Remus's, grinning widely at them both. Damn good to be here, he sighed, looking around the cozy living room with an air of deep satisfaction. Ron! He raised an eyebrow at Hermione. What? You don't like it here? She glared at him, but not for long, as he hobbled gingerly to a chair and began to rub one of his ankles, rotating it gently and grimacing. Oh, did you hurt yourself on the trunk? Just a bit. Well, don't do it that way. Here, let me have a look at it. Hermione dropped to her knees and busied herself for a moment, turning Ron's foot from side to side in her hands, while Ron stared at the top of her head. Remus looked at Sirius. They grinned. So, Sirius began, his tone highly mischievous, whatever have you two done this week, while the rest of us were slaving away? Having fun, were you? Remus cleared his throat and gave Sirius a subtle, sideways look. It wouldn't do to tease them too obviously in adult company. But Remus was forgetting that they were nearly adults themselves. They certainly didn't seem terribly uncomfortable. Hermione gave Ron's ankle a gentle little pat. I think you'll be fine, she muttered, before standing quickly and smoothing her robes. Oh, we work too, she answered, serious airily. We helped Professor McGonagall to clear things out for the rebuilding, and we talked a lot about what's happened, about what we're going to do now that... She trailed off and sighed. Honestly, this has been the oddest week of my life, and I don't... Mine too, Ron agreed, fixing his shoe on his foot once more. I mean, what are you supposed to do with yourself after... They looked at each other, each having run out of words, and shrugged a little. Remus didn't blame them. They'd spent the last few years of what should have been their adolescence fighting in a war. To live a normal life would take some getting used to. But Sirius wasn't having any of it. Oh, I'll tell you what you're going to do, he said hotly, pacing through the room to them and banging his fist in his hand for emphasis. You're all going to have a damn good summer for once serious. Hermione looked scandalized. Ah, he said with a sheepish glance at Remus. Sorry. Ron, however, laughed wickedly. Finally, I've got help, he said, standing up and ruffling Hermione's hair. This is going to be a great summer. We're going to drive you mad. Hermione pursed her lips and tried to look angry. She failed. I wonder what's keeping Ginny, she mused after a moment. And then, I hope Harry's all right. The room fell into a serious silence as each of them contemplated that statement. It was very unlikely that Harry was all right. 
he was alive to be certain. But as for being all right, well, Remus reflected again, that was going to take a lot of time. There was a small flicker, a whirl of green, and Ginny Weasley was in the fireplace. Oh, good, cried Hermione. Come out of there. We need to get your trunk cleared before Harry... But Ginny wasn't moving, and she looked a little shaken. She pushed her long hair out of her eyes and shook her head. What is it, Ginny? Remus said, crossing the room quickly. Are you all right? It's not me. I'm fine, she said quickly. And hello, by the way. She smiled at Remus and waved to Sirius behind him. Sirius was at the fireplace in one long stride. Is something wrong with Harry? he demanded. No, here. Let me out and I'll tell you. We should move my trunk. He, he might come. He might come? Sirius, said Remus gently, could you move, please, and let Jenny out of the fireplace? Sirius reluctantly stepped back and Jenny moved into the room. Remus moved her trunk through the air toward Ron and Hermione's. I don't mean to scare you or anything, Sirius, Jenny said, finding a chair and dropping into it as if exhausted. Remus noticed that her eyes were slightly bloodshot. There's nothing actually wrong with Harry. Well, there's nothing wrong with him physically. Well, she stopped, her face faintly pink. You know what I'm trying to say. Yes, said Remus kindly. He's not in any danger. Jenny looked up at him gratefully. Right. But he doesn't want to get into the fireplace. They all looked at each other, and then back at Jenny. What? said Ron, getting up. Why won't he get into the fireplace? Jenny sighed and looked at Ron as if it were the most obvious thing in the world. He doesn't want to leave Hogwarts, she said patiently. He just doesn't want to let it go. It's not that he doesn't want to be here, she said quickly, turning to Sirius and smiling. He can't wait to see you. He's been carrying that letter you sent him all around with him for a week. Sirius looked touched. It's just that, Jenny continued, looking to Hermione now for help. He's, he's just, he doesn't want it all to be over, Hermione said softly. Not school, she paused, and, in a way, not the war. Ron turned on Hermione right away, his eyes flashing. Doesn't want the war to be over? Of course he does. It was terrible. We've wanted all that over with for, well, forever. Ever since we've known him. And now it's done, and we've got a chance to have a life, and he doesn't want to get in the bloody fireplace? Well, that's it. I'm going back there, he said determinedly, and making him. Ron moved to the fireplace, and Remus moved to stop him, but Ginny was quicker. She cut him off in a flash. No, don't, she pleaded. Can't we let him have a minute? And then, if he doesn't come in half an hour or so, somebody can go get him? I will. Sirius had a hand on Ron's shoulder. For the first time at all that day, Sirius looked perfectly calm and rational, and Remus marveled at him. Let him have a little while, Ron. This isn't going to happen all at once. The letting go, well, it happens by degrees. Sirius sighed. Trust me. Clearly, Ron did trust him. He backed away from the fireplace and sat down again heavily. Hermione put a hand on his shoulder. Ginny stared into the fireplace. He'll come, she said quietly. 
The living room was silent, except for the sound of Pigwidgeon, hooting every so often as Crookshanks prowled the perimeter of his cage. Hermione, Ron muttered warily, pointing to the scene. They're just playing, she replied, in a tone that left no room for argument. Ron raised his eyebrows doubtfully, but said nothing. Sirius crouched down next to the fireplace and began to distract Crookshanks. Remus watched them, smiling inwardly. He had forgotten that Padfoot and Crookshanks had once been quite good friends. "'Wonderful old beast,' Sirius muttered, smiling as he stroked Crookshanks from head to tail. And then it was silent again, except for Crookshanks's purring. When another quarter of an hour had passed, Sirius stood up and looked at Remus tensely. "'Do you think I should go and check on him?' "'It might be a good idea. Then I'm off.' You all eat lunch and get settled. Don't bother waiting for me. They all nodded, and Sirius pinched a bit of flu powder from the box on the mantel. He was just about to throw it when a rush of air and light arrested him, and he dropped the powder into the carpet, forgotten. Harry Potter stood in the fireplace, his glasses askew and his black hair sticking up in every direction. Hi, Sirius, he said smilingly, though his eyes were solemn. He stepped out of the fireplace and stood before his godfather, settling down Hedwig's cage gently and putting his hand out. Sorry to make you wait like that. But Sirius didn't care. He grasped Harry's hand and pulled him without warning into a tight embrace. Welcome home, he said, barely managing to get the words out. Welcome home, Harry. Over Sirius's shoulder, all of them could see Harry's face. His eyes were shut and his face was so tense that the muscles in his jaw were clenched. But he reached around Sirius and hugged him firmly back. Remus couldn't help the tears that were rising. It was so like seeing James. He saw that Hermione was looking rather misty as well, and that Ron, though smiling, was somewhat suspiciously red-eyed. Ginny wasn't crying, but her eyes were fixed on Harry's face. Thanks, Harry muttered after a long moment. He opened his eyes and pulled away. Sirius put his hands on his shoulders and looked at him. God, you're tall. You just saw me a week ago. I didn't have a chance to notice. Harry nodded, and so did Remus, watching him. There were plenty of things that had gone unnoticed in the past few years, and there was time to make up for. He turned and magicked his own trunk out of the fireplace and sent it toward the others. Hi, Remus he said, stepping past Sirius to shake his old professor's hand. Remus hoped his tears were not still showing. He was fairly certain that Harry had had enough of them. Hello, Harry. Good to have you here. He gestured around the room to all of them. Now that you're all together, shall I give you the tour? Oh, yes, I'd love to see every... Th but Hermione was not allowed to finish. What was that bit earlier, about the lunch? Ron queried abruptly. Couldn't we do that first, and then settle? Remus laughed. Absolutely. And while we're eating, he shot a look at Sirius and smiled. Perhaps you can all decide what the sleeping arrangements ought to be. Ah, yes, Sirius grinned back at him. Two to each room, and the rest is up to you. The mouths of all four teenagers dropped slightly open. Laughing, Remus and Sirius left them staring at each other and walked away down the hall toward the kitchen to begin making lunch.